This podcast is a presentation of Sunset Presbyterian Church. For more information, log on to our website at www.sunsetpres.org. Well, today we are going to look at Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. And we're going to see the miracle of Jesus calming the storm. I love this miracle. Um, This passage is all about facing storms. We're going to see the disciples faced a great storm, a great windstorm. And and we all face storms. We all face winds and, and waves that come against us. And right now, as you all know, we are facing a huge storm. The coronavirus pandemic is a huge storm, and we're all experiencing it. Uh, Just like the wind and the waves that strike during a great storm at sea, we are experiencing winds and and waves of this terrible storm. Uh, The waves of uncertainty, the winds that keep shifting, uh, people are afraid. Uh, They're anxious about their health. They're worried if they'll get infected by the virus. Uh, People are losing their jobs They are worried about their finances, worried about losing their savings. Uh, So people in this storm are feeling afraid and anxious and asking, when will this storm be over? So we are facing a huge storm. And when we face storms, we can feel afraid in the midst of the storm. And that is a natural thing to feel. And it can cause us to ask questions like, does God even care? So what helps calm a storm? Today we will see the amazing miracle of Jesus calming a storm. And this miracle can teach us how to face storms. So let's pray and ask the Lord to to fill us and meet us today. So Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are present with us. We ask that you would fill us, anoint us, and empower us with your Holy Spirit. That we would um, enter into this storm with the disciples and with Jesus in the boat. And that we could learn with the disciples what Jesus wants to teach us about how to face this storm. So fill us and bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. Well, I want to invite you to imagine yourself in the boat with Jesus. So let's do our best to just try to get inside this boat as we come to the text today. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. So on that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were there with him. Now, notice it was evening. And notice it was Jesus who said, let's go to the, across to the other side. It was his idea. So in order to help us imagine getting in the boat with Jesus, I have a few pictures on the screen that will help you visualize the scene. Uh, first, they were crossing the Sea of Galilee, and you'll see some pictures. The Sea of Galilee is 13 miles in length and 8 miles across. And so they were going from Capernaum all the way to the other side, about 8 miles in length. 
And then you're going to see an image of uh, a first century Galilean fishing boat. Uh, the, the, the one on the right actually is called the Jesus boat. They actually found this boat uh, deep inside the mud and brought that, that up. And you can see it for yourself today. Now, this may have been the type of boat that you would have gotten in with Jesus. Well, then it says a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling But Jesus was in the stern asleep on a cushion. Now, great windstorms on the Sea of Galilee have been documented throughout history. It is the lowest freshwater lake on earth. It's 700 feet below the sea level. So there are all these cold currents from the streams that feed into the lake. And then there are hills that surround the sea. So the hot currents come over the top of the hills and flow down into the cool currents and then they create a sudden violent windstorm. So that's what's happening here. There was a great windstorm, a hurricane that suddenly came upon the lake. So I want you to imagine yourself, you're in this boat, uh, these violent waves are coming, hurricane winds. So what are you going to do? Well, they woke him and they said, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing. We're about to die. And he awoke and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And then Jesus said to them, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and they said to one another, who then is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. Jesus calms the storm. You see, this miracle teaches us how to face storms. Jesus performed many miracles, but this miracle is recorded in all three of the Synoptic Gospels because the miracle itself teaches us about who Jesus is so that we can then put our faith into him. So how does this miracle teach us about facing storms? I want to share five lessons about how to face a storm. Uh, We're going to look briefly at the first three lessons, and then I'm going to dive in a little deeper in lesson four and five. So lesson number one, this miracle teaches us first that storms come. Storms come even when Jesus is in your boat. Now, some people think if I'm a Christian, um, storms are not supposed to happen to me. Jesus is going to keep me safe. And, um, but that is not the example of Christ who walked into suffering and storms. And the, the, the caution here is that when we uh, think that being a Christian means we're spared from, from going into a storm, it will cause us to doubt or ask, why does God care? Or even become bitter toward God himself. But the fact is, everyone will face storms, and we all face them. In fact, storms can be a great, though tough, classroom where we learn to trust in Jesus. Notice, it says, when evening had come, so it's getting dark here, Jesus is the one who says, let's go across to the other side. It is Jesus' idea to head into the windstorm. 
And then a great windstorm rose. The waves break into the boat so that the boat was already filled. And then in Luke, it says they were in danger. So Jesus led them into a storm. It was his idea to cross the lake in the evening while it was getting dark. So not only is this a storm, but it's a storm in darkness. So the first lesson that we learned from this story is that storms come. And just like the disciples who faced a sudden windstorm on the Sea of Galilee, sometimes storms come suddenly without warning. Just like the storm we're facing now. The, the global spread of coronavirus came quickly within a couple months. Countries were in lockdown. People were, are unable to move to get out of their houses. So that's, the, that's that first lesson. I think it is helpful us, for, for us to see is that storms come even when Jesus is in our boat. Lesson two. When facing a storm, storms can make us feel like Jesus doesn't care. So, great windstorm arose. The waves, they're breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. I mean, this must have been terrifying. But Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat on a cushion. Now, have you ever felt that way? They were sailing, which was Jesus's idea in the first place. And a great windstorm comes. The boat is being swamped by these waves. They are in real danger. And where's Jesus? He's asleep on a cushion. And it's, it's not that he's just asleep. In the Greek, it says that he is in a deep sleep. So how is it even possible to be asleep in a storm. But he was in a deep sleep. And then it says that they went and they woke him and they said, Teacher, do you not even care? Do you not care that we're about to die? Have you ever felt that way? That Jesus doesn't even care. That Jesus does not care about you in the middle of the storm. That is exactly how the disciples felt when Jesus was literally physically with them. And notice, Jesus not only leads them into a storm, but he lets the storm happen. The waves are breaking in. The the boat is filled with water. They were in danger, yet he does not immediately come to the rescue. In fact, he's in a deep sleep. And I think it's important for us to see that sometimes storms linger even when Jesus is in your boat. Jesus may not immediately come to the rescue. And in this story, we see that Jesus lets the storm linger in order to teach his disciples a lesson about faith that we're going to come to. So lesson three, when facing a storm, call out to Jesus. Call out to Jesus in the midst of your storm. When we face a storm, we should go to Jesus and ask him for help. So let's look at what the disciples did. They were facing a storm. They were afraid and they went to Jesus. They did not try to handle the storm on their own. And these were experienced fishermen. It's important for us to see that they actually went and they woke him up. They woke him and they said, teacher, we are perishing. And this is the turning point 
of the story. The turning point of the story was when they stopped trying on their own and they woke him up and they called him. And I love what Matthew says. They say, save us. That's a prayer. That's a great prayer. Save us, Lord. We're dying. We're perishing. Save us. It was the turning point because after that, Jesus then woke. He rebukes the wind and he rebukes the sea. Peace, be still. And the wind stopped. And there was a great calm. Something we all long for, that calm. There was a great windstorm, but when Jesus is in your boat, he can bring a great, a greater calm. And that leads us to lesson four. When facing a storm, storms can teach us about faith. And I think this is really the heart of the matter of this passage, of this whole miracle Um, Why it's recorded. It's a lesson about faith. You see, storms can cause fear, especially when we focus on the storm. And when we are in a storm, it's natural for us to tend to focus on the storm itself. And to some extent, uh, looking at the storm is important. We need to know where we are, what we need to do in order to find safety. And there's elements to seeing it that are important. But Jesus says, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Notice for Jesus, the storm becomes a real life classroom, which is what he often does when he's with his disciples. He teaches them in real life as they're facing real things, especially as they're facing hardships. It's a classroom to teach his disciples about their faith. Why are we afraid in a storm? It's because we tend to focus primarily on the storm itself. Let me try to illustrate this point. I have a a picture that you'll see on the screen. Um, It's an important picture to me. It's actually on my wife's bedside table. Um, I see this often. Um, See, storms cause fear when we focus on the storm. Uh, and not on Jesus in the boat. So if you look on this, at this image, you'll see this boat. You'll see the disciples. Now, in the story, it doesn't say how many disciples, but there are a couple of disciples that are represented in this image. And Jesus is there in the back of the boat. He's sleeping on a cushion, um, and the, there are violent waves and, and winds. And waves are actually coming inside the boat. It was actually filled. It may not be as represented in this picture, but there was filling the boat. And now what I want you to see is the disciple in the lower left. If you look at this, this disciple, look at, look at his face. He's afraid. Uh, he's fearful. And now notice where his eyes are. Notice what he's looking at. He's looking at the waves. He's, look, he's looking at the wind. And what tends to happen to us when we look in a storm is we tend to look directly at the storm and at the waves. And of course, for us, there are many examples of waves in this coronavirus storm that we face. The the news about the coronavirus I have been tempted but to wake up first thing in the morning and just look at the news. And that keeps my eyes 
prime, and then I, I found myself looking at the news often throughout the day. That's a way in which I keep my eyes on the waves. The news about the financial losses is another wave. The political divisions and the disagreements about how to handle the crisis. The relational isolation, the stress, the overwhelm, the uncertainty of when it will end. We can be tempted. Now, these things are important to look at to an extent, but we can be tempted to focus on them, to focus on the wind, to focus on the waves, to focus on the fear, rather than receiving the peace that Jesus does promise he can give no matter what we face. He gave, that, he gave his peace right before his death. We tend to focus on anxiety rather than casting that anxiety onto Jesus Christ or worry rather than what Jesus calls us to, which is to limit that worry to the day or, or isolation rather than looking to the one who's right there in the boat with us. We tend to focus only on the storm, and that's what causes the fear. But when we're in a storm, we need to trade that fear into faith. And, but how do we do that? So when, when we're in a storm, Jesus asks his disciples this question, where is your faith? Now notice, it's not what is your faith, and, and he doesn't say how is your faith, but where is it? It's a very interesting question. It's, it's an important to see. He does not rebuke them. <laughs> Jesus does not rebuke the disciples for their fear. It's natural to have that. He rebukes the wind and the waves. This is good news. Where is your faith, he asks. You see, Jesus leads them into a storm to teach them about faith. And when we face a storm, which we are, Jesus is asking us, where is your faith? Calm. In the midst of of a storm is often an issue of where our trust is located. It is possible to have more confidence in the power of the storm than in the power of Jesus to see us through the storm. So that's why Jesus asks us, where is your faith? But how do we trade this fear for faith? How, how, in other words, how can we turn our focus away primarily on the storm? How can we fo- turn our focus away and spend more time looking at Jesus? And I believe the main reason that the miracles recorded in all three Gospels is to teach us who Jesus really is. The main point of this miracle is to get us to ask the question, Who then is this? And that brings us to lesson five. When facing a storm, we need to know who Jesus is and what he can do so so we can place our faith into him. You see, Jesus woke and he rebukes the wind and he said to the sea, peace and be still. And the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And so what happened? What, what happened after the miracle? What happened to the disciples? It's fascinating. It says the disciples were filled with great fear. They were afraid during the great windstorm, but then after they encountered a greater power, they were then even more afraid, more in awe, more amazed. 
One of the ways to encounter our, to counter our fear in a storm is to see something that's more powerful, more awesome, more amazing. And that's what the disciples did. They were filled with great fear after he calmed the storm. What Luke says in his Gospels, they marveled. That's the idea here. It was fear. It was a sense of marvel, a sense of being amazed. And Jesus said, said uh, and they said to one another, who then is this? Who is this? Who can still even the wind and the waves? Who, who can do this? That the sea itself obeys him. Who then is this? When we know who this is, we can have a resource that can enable us to have calm in the midst of any storm that we face. And I think the secret to the meaning of this passage is that Mark here, I mean, this is an incredible story. Mark is using language that points to the story of Jonah. It is such an amazing miracle. Are you familiar with the story of Jonah? So this miracle of Jesus calming a storm is deliberately making parallels to the story of Jonah. For example, both Jesus and Jonah, both Jesus and Jonah were out in a boat. Both Jesus and Jonah were in a storm. Mark uses language, very similar language to, to the storm language in Jonah. Both Jesus and Jonah were asleep in the storm. In both stories, the sailors come to the sleeper and say, Arise, we're perishing. And the sleeper then rebukes the wind. Or the sleeper is rebuked. Then, in both stories, a miraculous intervention by God happens and the sea is calm. And in both stories, the sailors become more terrified after the storm is calmed, which is interesting. Yet some say... There's one difference. In the story of Jonah, they actually threw Jonah into the sea. But in the story of Jesus calming the storm, they didn't throw Jesus into the sea. And yet, Mark, if you look at the context of the whole gospel of Mark, Mark is saying that these stories are no different at all. So in the gospels, when the crowds wanted Jesus to give them a sign of who he was... Uh, being the Christ, the Messiah, who he was, the Son of God. The only sign he gave them to prove who he was, was guess what? The sign of Jonah. In fact, Jesus said, one who is greater than Jonah is here, referring to himself. You see, Jesus calmed the storm. He calmed the wind and the waves. Jesus calmed, calmed because Jesus can calm all storms. He can destroy all destruction. He can break all brokenness. He can defeat all death. Jesus can still all storms. How? Because when Jesus was in the cross, on the cross, he was thrown into the greatest storm of all. The wind and the waves of sin, of evil, and of death. And to the degree that we understand that this story of Jesus calming the storm actually points to what he did on the cross, we will know then that he cares about us. If he did not abandon us in the ultimate storm on the cross, 
When darkness literally covered the whole land, then we can have faith that he will not abandon us in this storm, the coronavirus storm. He will not abandon us in this storm. We can have the calm to handle any storm, knowing that he's there and that he cares. So who then is this? In the story of Jesus calming the storm, Mark is using language about Jesus, listen to this, that was only used for God in the Old Testament. So only God ruled the wind and ruled the waves. So let me just show you three examples. Isaiah 51, when people were speaking of God, they said, Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake, as in the days of old, the generations of long ago. Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made the depths of the sea a way for the redeemed to pass over, referring to the Red Sea? Jesus' disciples also say this in this, in this miracle story. They woke him. Awake, 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 Jesus. Who then is this? Psalm 89. And by the way, I, I read a psalm every day. And um, this, was, this happened to be the psalm that I was reading today. Um, psalm 89. Who is like you, Lord God Almighty? You, Lord, are mighty. And your faithfulness surrounds you. And then listen to this. You rule over the surging sea. When its waves mount up, you what? You still them. That is the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. The one who rules over the waves. Who rules over the sea itself. And he can still them. And then maybe the best example of all is Psalm 107. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. It's what the disciples are doing. And then he delivered them from their distress. It's what we're calling out for the Lord to do. And he made the storm be still. And the waves of the sea were hushed. Be still. You see, Jesus rebukes the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind stopped. And there was a great calm. So who then is this? Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who then is this? Mark is using language about Jesus that was only used about God in the Old Testament. Only God rules the wind and the waves. It would have been blasphemous for anyone to declare that anyone else could. Who is this? Who then is this? Friends, is Jesus in your boat? Have you put your faith into Jesus Christ? I want to invite you today to put your faith in Jesus. And a way to do that is simply to imagine yourself in the boat of your life and simply imagine him come in to that boat with you. He's already there. So I want to take a moment to be still, to take a deep breath, and just to be still together. And I want to invite all of us to imagine being in a boat with Jesus. So feel free to close your eyes if you wish, 
or you can keep them open. But I want you to imagine right now uh, you're in a boat with Jesus. Now, what storm are you facing now? Just take a moment to name. We know we're in this larger storm, but there might be other storms within it. Take a moment to name what storm you're facing. And how are you feeling in the midst of the storm? Maybe you can hear Jesus ask the question, are you afraid? Uh, do, you, do you feel like Jesus doesn't care? Take a moment to name how you're feeling. Now imagine Jesus is asleep in the back of your boat. And I want you to imagine waking him, waking him up. Call out to Jesus for help. And imagine Jesus asking you, why are you afraid? Tell him what you're afraid of. And imagine Jesus asking you, where is your faith? And now I want us to imagine Jesus standing in the midst of this storm. And imagine Jesus commanding the storm to be calm. Peace. Be still. That is our prayer, Lord. Peace. Be still. So I want to close by teaching you a a breath prayer. Uh, It's a prayer that I've been trying to practice uh, whenever I feel afraid, worried, anxious. I want to encourage you to practice this breath prayer this week. And it's very simple, and it's the words of Jesus. So just take a deep breath in, and then take a deep breath out. What I love about breath prayers is we have to breathe so we can remember to pray when we breathe. And when you breathe in, I want you to to pray peace. Peace. And when you breathe out, I want you to pray be still. Be still. Peace. Breathe in the peace of Christ. My peace I give you. And when you breathe out, be still and know that he is Lord.